the gender-neutral term for sugar daddy is now glucose guardian. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. Our guest today is Timothy McLemore, an LGBTQ plus relationship champion and author of Love is Not Abuse. Timothy is on a mission to create a safe haven and dedicated support system for forgotten members of the LGBTQ plus community. We will also be talking with Timothy about his new uh, 5013 nonprofit organization, Essential House, that provides a safe place um, for individuals in the LGBTQ plus community who have been affected by domestic violence and homelessness. My name is Tom and I'm your host. And as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And... Jay Bear, a.k.a. your boyfriend's boyfriend. And welcome, everyone, to The Dish. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've missed you. It's been a week. We missed Trish last week. How was it without me? It was good. We We did. We had a lovely time. But there was a reason why you weren't with us. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about it a little bit last week, but... um, you had a very busy like f- like first three days of last week. You were uh, teching uh, six, yeah, the musical. Yeah, yeah. No, it was um, a busy week in general. I mean, right. everything leading up to the season right now is busy. It was insane. That show was amazing. Thank you so much for convincing me to go see it. Yeah, no, it was. So, I mean, it's a great show. Everybody should go see it. Yeah, so it's I, not the normal like Broadway format, but. Right. It's it's I feel like it's more like a concert, but it's still It's insane. Yeah. I mean there there's dialogue, there's music, there's mm. singing, there's dancing, and they're they're incredibly talented, mm-hmm. these women. Yeah. I mean, I invited a lot of uh a lot of our higher end donors, which some of which are up there in age. Right. And so I didn't even really think about it until the show started and I'm like, Oh, maybe maybe they're not gonna like this. Right. But, but they, loved they it. all loved it. It's incredible. The energy. So it's nonstop from beginning to end, you know, just pure like energy, singing, dancing, mm-hmm. moving, dialogue. It was just nonstop. Um, and typically when you're teching a show, they just do a run through, um, you know, in, in once they have finished and they're actually at a theater, wherever they're going to land, well, there's usually an intermission, right? They'll normally do a rehearsal like that, which is what you saw, but right. um, like a dress rehearsal. But I don't know if they normally uh, allow for invited dress rehearsals. Sometimes I think maybe, but right. um, in this case, because it was a perfect opportunity for cultivation and just like another touch point with donors, I was like, we got to do it. Right. Right. So. No, I just think it was incredible. So thank you. That nice. was that was awesome. Jay Bear, hey. how are you, darling? Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantasticals. Fantasticals. Okay. <laughs> how was your week? <clears throat> Not bad. Actually, I ended up catching a show uh in Bridgeport at the Klein Memorial, um, <clears throat> which is called La Gringa. Okay. Which is one of the longest running um, off-Broadway shows in, in quite some time. And it's based um, 
to give you a quick rundown. A young, uh, it's based on a young woman born in New York City who travels to Puerto Rico for the first time to meet her family and to discover her roots. Her misconceptions are transformed, and she learns that being Puerto Rican is a matter of heart and spirit. It great, truly is. Wow! Great, great show. Um, really nice. I, my wife kind of sprung the show on me on last minute. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, I was kind of dreading going. Great, great i laughed a lot a well lot i mean th- think about it though when i i went to i had the opportunity to be able to go to school in puerto rico uh, for a couple of years and <laughs> until they kicked you out right pretty yeah. much. they sent you right back my entire time there <laughs> they called me el gringo el gringo yeah right yeah. anybody that is from the mainland u.s that goes there you are automatically el gringo yep. that's what i was known for <laughs> yeah it's either that or instead of saying tommy they would say tommy tommy yeah that irritated the fuck out of me <laughs> but I spent most of three, the three years there. It's it's Tommy. Say it right. I used to make fun of my teacher. What's happening up top here? Oh, I don't know. Something. Little alfalfa going on. Oh, come on. <laughs> you guys are horrible. So um, my teacher, my English teacher, um, would consistently <laughs> kick me out of the class because I was always correcting her. Which is so surprising. Not really. Why? <laughs> knowing, knowing, knowing you and your bilingualness. I know my Guatemala ness. <laughs> your, your Puerto Rican ness. <laughs> no, because I mean, like she would be like, "Children, it's time. Everybody, please sit in the chair." And I'm like, "Maestra, Missy, chair is a seat." I mean, I'm sorry. Share is a singer and chair is a seat. So <laughs> what are you saying? I mean, do you want us to go sit on chair? Like, you shut the fuck up with my chancleta. <laughs> Get out. Chancleta. Get out. No, literally for, for two years, she gave me the, the key to her P.O. box. And my job during her class, during her hour, was to walk downtown, go pick up her mail, pay her bills, do all that stuff and come back mm-hmm. in time for lunch. Yeah. Which I she never was like, missed. I need to figure out how to get rid of this little. Fucker. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> pretty but much. That, but that was true. But that was true. So we have a fun-filled. Um, well, we have a, a packed show for you. We've got a couple of stories that we have to touch on on the first half, and then of course we have our guest. Um, we're going to be unpacking a lot of things mm-hmm. um, on that segment um, because it's a very serious topic. You know, domestic violence is is not fun for anyone um especially those that are part of the lgbtq plus community so should we quickly mention um pride yeah so um you we talked about pride throughout most of the episode last week sorry i didn't listen all of the events that were happening everything that was going on everything that we you know we could look forward to the um celebration in downtown new haven right on the on the green was incredible Mm -hmm. it was great great turnout uh, a lot of vendors, uh, which is very um, interesting because there have been other events. For example, Arts and Ideas weren't allowed to have the vendors that. Um, well, they had it was it was a different type of event. Right. Um, so one of the. So if you remember um, Candace Dorman, she used to do the Breezy Moms podcast, um, which was recorded in the studio. She no longer does it, but she's been doing a lot of good things with Echo Body, which is the skincare line that she launched um, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And she was I didn't even know they were offering like spaces for booths and stuff. So she's definitely interested in going and selling her stuff. And, you know, um, I love that woman. I miss her so much. Yeah, she's it, was, great. it was great to see her. Uh, downtown but we had we had a good good time and we did something very important we did what do we do nick uh we 
together. Together, we did. We sat together. We mm-hmm. held hands. And we got our first monkeypox vaccination. We did. And then you told the nurse that there was plenty of space in... Um, on the green for you to bury my body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if anything were, we had to sit there for like 10 minutes afterwards. And, and she was like, Oh, well, I'm glad that you have somebody you can sit with. He's, he's like, well, if anything goes wrong, there's plenty of space to bury his body. And she was like, what? <laughs> what? Was like, there, there's a cemetery right behind the church here. So, you know, we're good. You'll be fine. It's, this woman must've been like, what she the? was like, talk about love and abuse. <laughs> Oh boy. I mean, clearly it was a joke. No, but we did. We got our first monkeypox monkey vaccine. And, and, you know, I made the decision to get it because um, I seen one of my good friends, Jorge, um, who is also known as Nina Flowers, one of the contestants from season one of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race for them from the very first season. And she posted her story about getting monkeypox. And the pictures were, oh, my God, terrifying. Yeah. And not only that, we work in a bar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I we need work to in do- a gay bar. Right. I need to do this for myself because we know that while we're all about liberation and sexual liberty and doing all that good stuff, you know, gay men tend to do nasty things. So, yeah. um, well, all in all, like I would, I would have to say that the reaction wasn't bad. I was a little tired the next day right. and that evening. I mean, I still have uh, Mark and some. Um, bumping or bruising right i do too um but it's almost you know it feels like so once the swelling goes down it just feels like like an infected mosquito bite Mm -hmm. it's it that's how it feels the tenderness so but i felt like a fucking leper this weekend (laughs) (laughs) i had this going on my fucking finger that i had to get stitches in like but but we did that by the way i was like what the fuck when you send that picture I was like, what the hell happened to her? She got attacked. Yeah. My fucking coffee pot is homophobic. That was a fucking hate crime. <laughs> that was crazy. Literally. I was oh, just Lord. like, oh. <laughs> I can't. No, but, but, and then you cut your finger. You had to get stitches. Yep. I mean, it, it was quite an eventful weekend. To it say the it least. was a long week. And then right. Friday came around. It was literally, I got home from work. I was cleaning out my coffee pot on a Friday afternoon. And it just like, ah, oh, fuck. I got, yeah, I'm going to need stitches. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, but it happens. I mean, overall, I think, you know, the events went well. There was a little drama in the New Haven community regarding certain things that happened yes. at some point, but we're not going to discuss that here. That's not what we're here to do today. But nonetheless, you know, I will say one thing, though. The person causing the drama, I'm not going to slam them or anything, but the reality is, the New Haven Pride Center does so much amazing work mm-hmm. in the Connecticut community. Right. Um, and if there was an oversight or if there was something that you were upset about prior to the event, which is my understanding of what had happened, um, address it. Right. Don't right. don't put an organization that does such amazing work and just had an amazing week's worth of events mm-hmm. on blast because right. you're unhappy about something. Right. So. And it wasn't it wasn't like something where it's like, okay, they were they were denigrating in any way or, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, hurtful right. or um, anti-inclusive. Right. Well, I think that the it, way it was handled was, was handled uh, yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. They put a message out there. They said, you know, 
anyone that has any, you know, inclination or any issues with events that are going on, you have concerns, bring them forward. We'll have a conversation like adults. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, let's not let that overshadow the great work that went into preparing so many beautiful and amazing events. Um, And overall, I just think, you know, that the New Haven Pride Center and everyone involved, Partners Cafe, all of the uh, donors, you know, Dave and Bernard were there at the same time we were there. Why didn't we see that? I don't know. They were like, oh, I didn't see you at Pride. I'm like, I was there with Tommy. Yeah, I was there. We were probably getting our monkeypox vaccines. Maybe. And I was planning your funeral yeah, while they were up there. So, But anyway, bravo to everyone Tom, who... why'd you bring a shovel? <laughs> bravo to everyone who, who took an opportunity to, um, to do that. It was really great. Yeah. Really great. Overall, I have to do something really quick. Um, well, I guess Tom wanted to jump into a couple stories, but I've not read them because they're his. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have something we can talk about quickly. Okay, um, go for it. Just to fill in some. So, no, I just gotta fix what. There's a lot of followers of uh, uh, an influencer on Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, so and so, Diana Fontanes. Yes, huge influencer. Huge, huge influencer. She's she's a very. Very huge um, trans um, person. Uh, she's advocate. a trans woman. She advocate. transitioned from male to female when she was around 15. Right. And she's lived her life. Right. Uh, um, well, I shouldn't say she. They. They have lived their life uh, as mainly female, trans female, many, many years. And recently she did something where, of course, sparks controversy. Right. She, um, they have decided that they want to tra- to retransition i would say transition back, back. Yeah. yeah or in spanish right. when she wrote it she was like i'm untransitioning right back to male so she's or they i, sh- I should her beautiful she, hair is yeah. gone all her long hair is gone she's uh he's or they're dressing as male right uh, I'm, it's so hard to keep up with the pronouns right now right, because yeah, i'm because unsure how to address it and <laughs> but first and foremost it's not an she, issue. It doesn't need to be addressed. No, but no, no. As far as pronouns, F- but but for for me, because I'm like she, he, they. I believe they're going by they now. Uh, I need to remember that. Right. I mean, either or, whichever way they choose to appear to me, looks fine either way. Right. Um. But it sparks a it, it sparks up that whole. Uh, controversial, uh, controversial idea of um, you know, especially within religious groups, right. talking about how they're transitioning back because they noticed there was it was a mistake and you can't go against God's words and da da da. But that has nothing but, to do. Yeah, with... but apparently the the pastor who has put that post out used to be trans themselves at one point and perform as a female. Well, drug that's artist. an interesting point that you make. Is we can talk around you know around the table about what this means and how we feel about it. But how does the trans community feel about it? Because I know that coming out as trans, um, it's, I mean, just like anything coming out is difficult, but then also transitioning on top of that. And then having somebody, I don't want to use the term flip flop, but pretty much flip flop back and forth. In this case, it must be, um, hard for them to reconcile um the advocacy of everything that they did 
to transition to female right. and now transition back and what that backlash means for that segment of our community. Um, I, I think in, in her case, it's unwarranted because regardless of how anyone feels, right, whether she, if they were identifying as female at one point in time and now they want to identify as male, regardless of how they feel about that, it is still a personal choice. Right, but I think, I think the issue then comes in with the fact that they transitioned at 15 mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of, lot of conversations on the show about hormones and transitioning at a young age right. and maybe blockers are better until they're of a, uh, until individuals are of a certain age but that's just our internal conversation so from the perspective of the trans community having somebody come out at 15 transition um, and go through all of that and now transition back it's almost it can almost be presented as though it's a statement to, um, you know, radicals thinking, oh, well, no, kids should not be um, transitioning at 15. They should not be on hormones at 15. They should not be on beta blockers. Right. Like it, 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 it almost like could potentially create a case. Like they she, can use that against. as an example of why we shouldn't allow kids to do. But again, regardless of who's pushing that narrative, it is a personal choice. 100%. For anyone. And so, you know, I look at it this way. I have enjoyed her or them on online with all of, all of their videos. They're super funny and amazing. And um, they are great. They're a beautiful human being. She, they have an amazing relationship with, with their mother and the family and the fans and the fandom and well-supported. And in the end, you know, she's, they are an adult. Yeah. I mean, they can do whatever they want. Right. And I think that that, that is important that we as a community embrace that. And I think right. that we as a community have and will embrace that. I worry, I just worry about that concept of that backlash. Right. Um, when at the end of the day, that's not anyone's concern. What, what, what they decide to do with their lives is, is none of everyone's concern, but the beautiful thing is to see all the comments, right. And everyone talking about it and saying, you know, I support you. I still enjoy you. Uh, I, I see someone different, but I still see the same passion for the work Mm -hmm. that you do. And, um, you know, just because this person decided to, to transition yet again to something that she is no longer going to be, uh, because that's how she describes they, it. They are still doing the great work. Yeah. They still said, I am committed to the cause. Um, I will advocate for anyone who wants to um, go through this process. Um, overall, I think that, you know, um, it's a beautiful thing to see to someone have the ability and, and the power to make that choice for themselves. Yeah, and I think it's part of her growth or right. their growth. Um and again, you know, we're going back to when they decided to transition, they were at a younger age. Right. And just like anybody else, as as you age, there's certain things you want to do and certain things you want to change in your life. A lot of us don't, right? For fear of change mm-hmm. and what people may say. And they just said, 
fuck it. It's right. me. It's what I want to do. It takes strength. It right. takes ex- absolutely and a, a huge amount of strength, especially for this type of change. And they have a and massive have. platform. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's the 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 important <clears throat> thing. And and I think that there is something to be learned um, from that experience. Absolutely. You know. Um. And again, is I don't believe that she felt wrong when when she was presenting as she, I don't think that she felt wrong in that space. I just feel that, you know, she has come to a point in her life. Well, now they want to be something else. Well, and and I also think, you know, not to like tangent, but, um, I read a book recently and there was a character in the book that was gender fluid. And some days they were Rory and some days they were male Rory. Right. And that's just how they presented. And I think that, I think that, we as a you know community as a you know, culture in general need to start embracing um what it means to not necessarily be trans but more gender fluid um and really i you know if you wake up one day and you identify a certain way or you feel a certain way i mean that's i think i think that's okay and i actually think right. it's kind of beautiful right I mean, when we t- when we were talking about you know um, Native American cultures and uh, third genders or two spirited genders, right? Um, they didn't identify as male or female. They identified as uh, <clears throat> what was it? Two spirits or two, two spirits? Yeah. yeah, I believe it was two spirits. Yeah, and 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 that that gave them the fluidity <clears throat> and flexibility to really um, honor who they are. Right. In in their whole selves, right? right. And in all of their 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 spirituality, they were able to do that. And I think that, you know, um, you know and, and that's the beauty of being able to grow older and, and grow as you grow older you gain what we would say is wisdom, right? Um life experience. Life experience, <laughs> wisdom, what one would hope that we get smarter. Um but it, it, you also get to a point where you um, you know, you embrace evolution, right? The ability to be able to evolve. That is a human gift. That is an ability that allows us to learn from our past experiences to move forward, maybe not repeat those or maybe, you know, build on those experiences. But the beauty of evolution, right? The ability to have that. Um, And in her case or in their case, um, it's the ability to be able to have the resources too, right? Because this particular individual has made a lot of money online uh, as an influencer and, and doing her skits and videos. I, I, I enjoy them. I watch her all the time. Um, you know, one of her favorite lines, a thorn de Dios. And most of her videos are in Spanish. And that's another thing. The Latino community embraced her in such a way while she was presenting as, uh, you know, um, Diana Fontanes. <coughs> Fontanes, yeah. Uh, Fontanes. And, um, you know, now, hopefully, she they can continue to do that. It's just yep. a beautiful thing to see. Yep, yep. So, yeah. speaking of that. And, uh, and a quick thank you to Jack for bringing this up uh, so that we can bring it up in today's topic. Yes, Queen. Jack. Jack? Yes. 
Jack. Jack, yeah. Jack. Okay. So uh, on the heels of that, very quickly, I just <laughs> wanted to mention that Montana, the state of Montana, will now allow changes to gender on birth certificates after a specific ruling that initially said that they couldn't. Um, I really would love to expand more other than Montana will comply with a court order requiring it to enforce a process that makes it easier for residents to change their sex designations on their birth certificates. The state's health department said on Monday, abandoning a recent effort to impose stricter rules um, in the record changing process. And again, you know, for people who are deciding Things like this make it a lot easier for us to be able to straddle, you know, straddle that that transition period. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, bravo to them. It's all about, you know, having power over your own future. And, yeah. and it's just a beautiful thing. So that being said, we are going to take a break. Uh, we <laughs> have an amazing guest coming on the other side of this break. So we'll leave you, but we will be right back. All right, ladies and gents, we are back from our break. Thank you so much for allowing us to take some time to refresh our cocktails and do all all of that good stuff and uh, come back to you with our amazing guest for the evening. Joining us now, of course, is Timothy McLemore. He's the author of Love Is Not Abuse. He is also the founder of The Essential House, a nonprofit organization in Miami, Florida, that provides a safe place for individuals in the LGBTQ plus community uh, who have been affected by domestic violence and homelessness. We're going to have a very in-depth conversation about so many different things that affect people that often are forgotten in our community. And I'm excited uh, to have Mr. Timothy join us today. Timothy, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to um, dive deep with you guys. So, um, Timothy, before we get started, let us introduce ourselves so that you know who you're speaking with. I'm going to let you introduce yourself over here. Hey, I'm Nick, or as they call me on the show, Trish. We call her Trish. And Jay Bear. This is Jay. Jay A.K.A. your boyfriend's boyfriend. Yeah. We still haven't met that boyfriend's (laughs) boyfriend. And I'm Tom. Hi, Tom. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. By the way, ju- just to you know, yeah. put you on the spot, our listeners can't see you, but we can. Obviously, this uh, affords us a more organic conversation, but you came on the screen. I was like, oh, my God, he's hot. Well, we all were. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I was looking at Jay Bear. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Somebody's nasty. Somebody's moving to Miami. (laughs) I have some credits. (laughs) Oh, Lord have mercy. All right. So, Timothy, um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive in and uh, talk about this plethora of of different experiences that one, you have documented and two, you're working very hard at. And um, and then we'll move into the conversation. Yeah, um, my name is Tim McLemore. Um, I'm an author and founder of Essential Halls. Um, my goal is to create a roadmap of hope for victims of um, domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Um, I feel like it's something that's taboo, rarely spoken about. Um, it's almost sacred within the gay and the, and the queer community. Um, 
but it happens. Um, the, st- the statistics certainly show it occurs actually more frequently um, in LGBTQ relationships than in heterosexual relationships. It's just that it's very un- underreported. Um, so I just want to bring awareness and educate people through my story and my experience. Um, yeah, how to get out. Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think that there is more abuse in the LGBTQ plus community than in the heterosexual community, percentage wise? Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I wish I was an expert. Um, I, I guess I'm just an expert of experience. But when it comes down to the logistics, I, I can't I don't I don't know. Um, in my experience, I just felt that. um you know, we're dealing with two men, you know, and typically when two men have an issue, um, they hash it out mm-hmm. um, or, or some people are just very impulsive or um, naturally aggressive, aggressive. So um, there's no real physical description of an of an abuser. Right. Um, I'll add that as well. When you so you clearly had a physically abusive relationship yeah. um, and what. Like at what point, what was your breaking point and, and then what led you down this path? Like, how did you decide I want to help people? Yeah. Um, for me, I think, um, so I dealt with the abuse time and time again, um, through the years. And, you know, even when he went to jail and when he got, came out of jail and the judge ordered him not to be around me, he wasn't around to allowed to be around me. He was still around me and he still was being violent. Um, and you know, I, I never told or, or anything like that, but what clicked for me was, um, when it was near lethal, when, when, when I felt like, Hey, I might lose my life. Um, it kind of just snapped, you know, we were driving on the, on the freeway and, um, I was maybe going 70 miles per hour you know, we're in Miami, so I'm kind of going a little, yeah, you know, 95. Uh, and uh, he, he's like yelling in my ear. And, and that's the crazy part. Sometimes you don't even remember what you are arguing about, but you remember the aftermath, the damage, you know. Right. So I can't tell you exactly what we were arguing about, but we were arguing about something. He was in my ear and um, he grabbed the steering wheel oh my God. while I was driving. And he, he struck me in my face as well. And I kind of almost hit this car that was on my right. It was a gold car, you know, um, I almost hit it. And, you know, my adrenaline's going and I pulled over to the side of the freeway and I get out and I say, I can't do this. You know, I was freaking out. I'm like, I can't um, drive with you anymore. You're going to have to order an Uber. Um, I, I can't drive with you in the car. All right. Because I just th- that feeling of unpredictability with him, especially if I get back in his car, this argument's heated as hell. Um, I don't want to lose my life. I, that, that that was scary for me. Anywho, um, it escalated to where he was grabbing me by my arms and basically trying to push me off of this freeway, um, off of the side of it. And this isn't the regular type of you know. I'm from Ohio, so I'm used to those flat freeways this is one of these miami freeways where it's you know in the air um and while he's kind of pushing me over the ledge of this i'm looking back and i just kind of shout and i'm like yo are you trying to kill me um and i was just you know screaming crying and he kind of let back and he said no 
not trying to kill you. I love you. Um, yada, yada, yada. In my mind, it, it just hit me. I said, yo, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my life dealing with this guy. Um, yeah. I, 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 ha- I have to let go. And it was so coincidental that his brother so just so happened to be driving on this freeway. Mind you, they live in Fort Lauderdale. So it was just so coincidental that his younger brother was driving by on this freeway, saw us, you know, stopped, got out. And um, he told me, said, hey, Tim, just go. I'll handle my brother. So I do. I drive home. Um, I leave them there and come to find out his own brother left him there on the side of the road, too. His brother didn't right. even take him. Yeah. Um, so that was my that was my wake up point um when i felt like i was gonna lose my life uh yeah so i was gonna ask you you know the title of your book is love is not abuse right mm-hmm. um clearly what i got from the title was you you're you're letting people know that abuse is not to be tolerated and you can't you know, substitute or feel that, you know, in a sense, you're staying with someone because you love them, but love is not right. abuse. It shouldn't have to yeah. be. Right. And clearly you wrote this book based on your experiences. Um, and how do you feel that, you know, when someone reads this book and reads about your experiences and, and before we, you answer that, I 100% sympathize with you. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And I feel that everyone who's ever been a victim of domestic violence should should hear those words and know that there is help and support. You know? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. You wrote this book, and clearly based on this, this is a very terrifying experience. You saw your life. You're in a moving car going over 70 miles an hour where one wrong move can not only end your life and the life of the perp- of the person who's perpetrating this act yeah. of violence against you but other writers who are around you so you write this book what do you what do you want people to take away from this book yeah i want to um create a roadmap of hope um You know, in the first chapter, it's kind of like a diary based where I wrote um, these little journal entries. And um, I say that they're for him, but they're actually for me. And, you know, I kind of take you through my journey of separating with this person. Um, I mean, you know, I I talk about, you know, how uh, I, I smell this cologne and. Uh, you know, I smashed the bottle of cologne in the wall. You know, I just talk, I take you through the journey of leaving somebody that you love um, and just how painful it is. And I also feel like it brings a relatability even to the heterosexual community because it kind of shows them like, hey, we go through these things too as as gay people right. and uh, uh, or, or as queer people as in the LGBTQ community. Um, we go through these things as well and we need resources as well. Um, because when I was going through this, there wasn't really anywhere for me to go to, especially here in South Florida. Um, I remember the police coming down, you know, one time, uh, we had a physical altercation and the police came and they told me, Hey, if he has a toothbrush in your house for more than two weeks, legally he, he lives there. Legally he, he stays there. There's nothing you can do. 
Um, so I, I very much felt trapped with this person. I mean, he always reminded me he wasn't going anywhere. You hear something over and over again, you start to believe it. Um, so I thought I was with this guy forever. Um, and there was definitely no shelter for me to run to. So, um, how did you move past it? How did, how did you actually find, uh, how did you protect yourself? I mean, because when we look at, you know, abusive relationships, our decision to leave is one thing, but getting them, even if you have a restraining order, getting them to leave you alone is a completely different other thing. Yeah. Um, so I protected myself because I completely changed my environment. I, I, I moved to a new building. Um, thankfully a secure building. You can't just get in here, you know, needs there's security. Um, but everyone of course can't do that. Um, I went through with, uh, the courts, um, even though I wasn't the one that pressed charges, the state of Florida, they pressed their own charges. Uh, I actually was denying it that he was abusing me still. Um, so I am a little thankful for that, for them pushing their own foot forward on that. Um, Man, I don't know. I, I, I can't say how I protect. I mean, I've had to defend myself, mm-hmm. but there's no way that, uh, you know, he still has come knocking on my door before. Um, he checks my social media all the time. Um, sometimes he'll text me or call me um, from a block number. I, I don't hate him. You know, there, I, I do. I, you know, I love I still have love for him. It, it sounds crazy. Um, but. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know how one can protect themselves. Yeah. I want I want to create a, a place of protection, a safe space where you can be in Kentucky, and I want to be able to fly you down here to Miami. You come stay at Essential Halls. We'll provide you with educational resources, job placement, professional counseling, whatever you need to start anew. Because leaving these relationships are tough. It's not hard. I, I excuse me. It is very hard. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you. I I. I completely understand where you're coming from because a lot of people don't realize and and even in heterosexual um relationships the the level of domestic violence i'll tell you my mother was abused by my biological father for many years yeah i mean when i tell you abused i mean i can tell you stories that would probably make your jaw drop and i can't tell you how many times times we stayed at shelters how many times we got on a plane and left the country and went to Puerto Rico and, you know, he would follow and they would get back together. And I'm talking decades of abuse that not only leaves a mark, uh, a horrible mark on the person who's being abused, but everyone else that who is around you that has to watch you go through this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, your family, your friends who are trying to find a way to to get it in your mind. Listen, you have to leave. And what are you know, when you get a restraining order, what are you supposed to do if the person comes around you? You call the cops. Sometimes they don't even come. And, you know, you got a piece of paper. What do you do? Hit them with it? <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what exactly? You really have to. I mean, I tell you, my when my mother finally took a stand she finally struck this man for the first time ever after being physically abused for decades and that was the end of it she decided i'm not going to do this anymore and we 
picked up whatever we can pack in one bag and left and started anew for like the 15th time. And you she committed to it that time. Yeah, yeah she did. And, it, 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 that. and that's and, and so I see your face when you're describing these incidences and you're saying, oh, my God, I I'm going to die if mm-hmm. I don't leave this person. It is really true. A lot of people think, oh, no, you can just seriously just walk out. It's like, but no, where do you go? I love that you share that story because it really does show that before you actually leave, sometimes you leave 10 times, you know, I'm quoting that 10 times over and over again. But sometimes you leave 10 times before maybe your 11th time, you know, that you actually commit to it. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say kudos to your mom. She is strong. I don't know her, but I fucking love her and she's inspiring (laughs) me. She's inspiring me. Uh, She inspires me every day. Um, Yeah. You know, and when when I hear you talk about it, right, and I never actually thought myself being a gay man, identifying as a cisgender gay man, um, of domestic abuse as something that I would ever be confronted with, but there isn't only physical domestic abuse there is a mental there is there's so many components you when you think about someone who wants to be abusive there is a lot of layers to that and there's a lot of different ways that someone can abuse you without you even realizing it that really cause a lot of trauma um for example you know you were describing okay i moved into the secure building i still have love for this person this person you know, stalks my social media. It is always in the back of your head that this individual still has some sort of control yeah. on how that makes you feel. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure he, he'll probably even listen. He'll probably be listening to this if I'm, if I'm honest, um, you know, and, and, how do I deal with it? I'm going to be honest. He, um, we spoke like maybe, uh, this was like maybe a month and a half ago. And, uh, um, you know, he, he, he told me he thought we were going to get back together. Um, and it wasn't that I, we just wanted to have some closure on some things. And, um, once I kind of like put my foot down and said, Hey, I don't want to be with you. I can't take you where I'm going. Um, he just kind of snapped you know, and he was himself, his, his true color showed again. Right. And, and he said, you think what you're doing with this book and this nonprofit is something you're not doing shit. He's like, oh, my God, I wish I was there. I want to hold you so bad right I now. Do. I'm going to start. Come on, Trish. We know how it is. We understand. I, I completely sympathize with you. I'm. <laughs> Because I've heard that before, you know? And well, let me also say it's not shit. It's not. No, no, I know. It just, it hurts because it was, you know, this all kind of started because of him. And he kind of convinced me at the beginning that he changed. You know, he was seeming supportive. He was like, I'm happy with what you're doing. And then when it wasn't something going the way he wanted his way, instantly just shit on me mm-hmm. you know and i hung up the phone but i called him back a couple of days and i told him i said hey um i'm gonna be honest i don't want to tell you this but what you said to me has really gotten to me 
Um, and I, I, it made me feel so uninspired. It made me feel unmotivated. Um, and you do realize that was the plan, right? I just, I just wanted him to know. He, like, he still, he still like, has control. He still had, yeah, he still has control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, he still has control. He's only still has it because you're still allowing him to have it. And, and you have yeah. to realize, you know what? He ain't shit. Ancient, you had feelings for him. Those feelings are no longer there. And you have to realize that what you're doing is for you and his opinion. You can wipe your ass with it, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, true. you have to be realistic. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. And a lot of times as a, as a man, you know, you realize I, I really can't go to the cops with this. They're going to think... You know, I can't report this because I'm, I'm a gay man and they're going to look at it. Bec- you know, why can't you defend yourself? It's two men. Um, you know, it, it's always uh, it's always about how much power he has over you. And as long as you allow him to communicate with you, as long as you allow him to have these effects on you. Even with all this great shit you're doing, he still has some control over you. So at some point you have to turn around and say, fuck you, fuck your opinion. This is me. And you have no control over that. And once you are ready to do that in your heart and in your mind, you will see a huge mm-hmm. difference in what you're doing. And what you're doing now will be a lot bigger, a way, way bigger than what he is. I think, you know, and it'll just be a small subject. He will be a small subject of a big, big change in your life. And hopefully the community. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, and, and everything I'm doing, you know, my book and my, my nonprofit, it's been therapeutic for me. This has all been part of my healing and my processing because I really don't want anyone else to go through this. Um, and I want other people to know that there's light at the end of the t- tunnel. I know there's so many other men, women, lesbians, trans that are in domestic violent relationships. Right. They just don't speak speak on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hard, too, and I don't know if your book speaks to this at all, because I haven't had a chance to review the whole thing, but the reality is when you're in an abusive relationship, and Jay, I can't speak for you, but I'm pretty sure I can speak for both of us that we've had experiences. Um, they get into your head in a way that you start to question, is it me? Right. Yes. Is it me? Am I causing this? Am I the actual issue? Yeah. And and okay. and hearing, you know, being able to hear somebody's narrative or the way you have formatted your book with these like journal entries, um, might actually hopefully save someone's you know mental mental ability to realize no, it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I really hope so. I. Even if I change one person, I know it's so cliche, but I just want, I just want to help. I feel like this is my destiny. This is my goal. Um, you know, I, I was a teacher for two years and then I started being an influencer full time. And now I, I want to move on to another, you know, career path. I want to make a change and I want to leave something behind. Um, I've, I've been speaking with a lady in Texas. Uh, she saw me on, on the news um, and she reached out to me. She's a psychiatrist, 68 years old, um, cisgender Jewish woman. Um, one of her favorite populations to study is the queer community. Uh, anywho, now, you know, we're in the works now of opening a location where she is in Texas. 
um, and we want to call it, you know, Mazel Halls. Um, we we kind of want to have all these these houses around that you know people can run to um, or go to within the queer community, even if you're you know Jewish and, and queer. Um, we just want to have some safe houses, you know, in different locations. Uh, yeah, so it's just been I, great, I will, honestly, I will tell the outreach, um, the networking, and yeah. I want to tell you that vulnerability is truth and there's power. There's power in that. And your vulnerability, the way you've just um, allowed us to share in your pain is real. It is something that I can relate to. And it is something that anyone who seeks help with your services from anyone can relate to. And don't be afraid to express that to the people that reach out to you. It is important that they see that. It is important that they see that even though you're doing great things, you have to go through the process of being vulnerable and allowing people to to feel your story. Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your tears... Our listeners can't see you, but I felt that. I felt it. It's it's powerful. It yeah. is important. And it is a critical part of the kind of work that you are doing with your foundation, with your book. Um, and people will relate to it more. Don't be afraid to express your vulnerability. Yeah. It is important because it is it is transcending. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. I really will take that advice. I have a big meeting tomorrow. Um, and I, I'm going to use that. I really am. If, if it comes to me and I got to let it out in, in front of them, I, I, I am. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, typically I do kind of hold it in because I want to remain stoic. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to look weak, but in, in reality, I'm, I'm, this is my therapy, you know. Yep. So. I mean, if it's a funders <laughs> meeting. Yeah. Showing a little emotion will get you that much further. Tell me, I, I work in fundraising, so <laughs> I will. I will tell you. So you know, we talk about your book um, first and foremost before we move on because I really want to talk about you know your your essential house. I I think that's a critical service that um, you're providing to um, people in your community and possibly expanding. Um. Especially with the LGBTQ plus youth community, I mean, or in the community as a whole, I mean, our community can find itself at a higher risk of putting themselves in situations where they're in a relationship like this because they have nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. And how how you then identify, okay, I'm in this situation. How do I find my road to hope and find my way to your house? Yeah, definitely. Um. How you can find, like, you want to know? Well, we have a number. You can look us up on Instagram um, at Essential Halls. So it's Essential and H-A-U-S-S. Um, we also have a Facebook group um, with victims. It's like a virtual house where we share resources and stories. Um, and you can look that up at um, LGBTQ Domestic Violence Help. Um, yeah. Amazing. So you wrote your book. Obviously, it is it is going oh, to really, really help a lot of people. <laughs> I'm gonna hug you. 
I, I, I want to hug everyone right now. I just think this is yeah, such I'm an important conversation. You, know, you don't understand. I am 40 freaking three years old right now. About to really? be 44 in another, what, six months? Yeah. Um, and you don't understand the trauma. And you do. But many people don't understand the trauma and the anxiety and the stress that you carry every day of your life, knowing that your aggressor, the person who put you in that state, breathes every day. Mine, fortunately for me, is seven feet on the ground right now. But that's not the case for everyone. And um, so it is important to have resources, to be able to look at, you know, a tangible piece of information and say, oh my God, this could be my lifeline, right? Yeah. So you wrote your book. I will pray and hope that it is successful and that it helps as many people as it can. But I want to talk about your essential house. So tell me exactly what this service does, what this uh, this this nonprofit that you created does. Um, are you providing a, a space where someone can remove themselves from the, from the situation where they're not safe and they have a safe space to go. And how is that all funded? Okay. So we're currently in our funding phase where right now we only have a virtual house. Like I mentioned, the Facebook group, um, we're in the works of getting a physical house. Okay. Um, if I don't have it by Christmas, you'll see me on the news saying all we want for Christmas is a house. But the, the goal is, is to have a home, um, with, has multiple bedrooms for victims um, to come in and start their life anew. We'll provide them with resources, whether that's housing, job placement, um, professional counseling, educational resources. We just want them to come down here and provide them with the essentials to get out of this relationship and commit to it. You know, um, like we were talking about with your mother and, you know, she committed I, that energy. That's what right. we want. We really want to help people. And sometimes it, you need a change of environment. These people could be in Louisiana or a small town in Kentucky. We want to be able to fly you down, come stay at our safe house, and let's you know get 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 you the resources that you need, get you back on track. So now I, I want to be able to get some clarity because clearly, you know, with a lot of nonprofits, there are certain things that, you know, you can and cannot do. Like, for example, you might find yourself um, dealing with someone who is on the cusp of that legal age, right? 17, mm -hmm. 18, they're in an abusive relationship. Um, does your house afford an opportunity for someone who might be a minor, for example? Unfortunately, right. no. Right. Unfortunately, no. Um, I, I mean, maybe in the future we could expand there, but the way that I have everything set up legally, um, it's n no minors, um, 18 and up. It's still youth, you know. Right. Um, but it, it also doesn't matter your age either, to be right. honest. You know, you could be 45 years old and married, you know. I want to be able to help you. You need to get away from your abuser. You need to get up and out, you know, even if it's working with local authorities, because I also want to educate them on how to navigate queer, intimate, domestic violent relationships. Um, because every, you know, I think they, they were called 14 times I've called, you know, through the years. Um, and it was the, the, the time the neighbors called right. that he gets arrested. 
you know. Um, so I think, you know, they, they, they need some more education on that as well, at so, least here in Florida. I, I, I want our listeners, and if you ever get a chance, please look up, um, excuse me, the, oh, God. I'm completely blanking. Yeah, I don't know where you're going. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you in a minute. She'll get it back. <laughs> um, but but just just as, as an FYI, because I, I did work with uh, youth groups uh, in the New Haven Gay Lesbian uh, uh, Community Center, we did provide counseling. Okay. So, you know, underage, technically under 18, you can still probably have counselors on hand. You can't legally take them in, but you can possibly provide some counseling just to guide these kids in okay. the right direction. Just, okay. just an FYI, just make a side note, you know? I will, um, I will. You know, even just providing safe space. If they need to go somewhere after school just to spend a couple of hours, a community room, a safe space for them to have to go and congregate, something that's also available. Something to consider. I knew I liked you, Jay Bear. <laughs> so what I wanted to mention before is like, if you've never have heard of Tracy Thurman, look her up. Okay. Tracy Thurman, Tracy Thurman. She was an individual who lived in Torrington, Connecticut, who had a very abusive husband. She filed so many complaints from the Torrington police department against her husband. And they all went nothing. Nothing ever happened. The reason why we have restraining orders as a very serious thing, or at least they try to consider them a a serious thing, is because of the experience of this woman with her husband. He stabbed her over 50 times, slit her throat, beat her senseless in front of a police officer in Torrington and her sister-in-law and her brother. And all they could do was take the knife away from him and put it in the trunk of the police officer's car and literally let him continue to beat her because the cop didn't know how to restrain this man. Mm. And she won a lawsuit against the city of Torrington and the state of Connecticut and her experience and what she went through with her domestic partner um, had a lot of um, changes, had a lot of implications on the way we see restraining orders and things like that. Uh, And I remember watching this movie. They made this into a lifetime movie. And I remember watching this and thinking, my God, you know, this could be my mother if we're not careful. Yes. Right. Um, And and so when we think about, for example, Essential House and what you're trying to build and what you're trying to create, these are things that we didn't have back then. Right. When you think about when this case was decided, I mean, this was going back 1985. Right. And the services that you're looking to provide are going to make significant changes. So my question to you is, once you're up and running, how can we help? How can we as a community engage you as an organization and provide uh, assistance, whether that's through donations? Um, How can we help? Yes, at this current um, stage, we need help with donations. We need to be able to get this physical house. That's the main goal. Um, and and from there, we're going to be working with other people. I, I have a, a friend of mine who owns a yoga studio, so she's going to 
you know, provide yoga classes. You know, they can come to the studio. Um, I have uh, Shelly <clears throat> from Texas. She, you know, does psychotherapy. So I'm, I'm building my network um, of, of individuals to help. And even with Jay, Jay Bear's idea, I just feel like I'm so open to anything. Right. Even if it's, if you can't donate, you have an idea for me. If you can share, um, anything helps right now. Just awareness is key. Well, I can tell you that what the work that you're doing greatly aligns with most often with the work that a lot of LGBTQ plus, um, you know, centers are doing pride centers. Um, they're providing some of, you know, the case management, they can provide anything from, you know, their, um, um, you know, suggestions on who you can go as far as to seek therapy, to seek, uh, to, uh, seek assistance, um, and have different, um, programs that may be even available, sadly, um, in your state, it's kind of hard to think that, you know, yeah, where you can't say gay, is, um, that funding would be available at a, at a state level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really curious. I, I want to, I want to be able to, to advocate on your behalf and try to get you the funding that you need. So how is, do you have a website first and foremost for your nonprofit and what is it and how can we, we get there? Yeah. Um, so we have our Facebook and Instagram. That's where we mostly accept donations or, um, I think it's gold star. It's the nonprofit website. Um, anywho. Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram is the main way we're accepting donations. Um, you can also contact me personally, um, at essentially Tim on Instagram. Um, yeah, we're in our incubator stage. Uh, so I've got, uh, the incorporation, we're incorporated. I've got the 501c3. Um, so I've just finished all the groundwork. So now I'm just trying to get my hands on the house, and uh, I'll be I'll be happy, honestly. Like just talking about it, I'm grinning from ear to ear. To ear. Um, Will the book serve as a fundraiser in any way? Is there a portion of the yeah? Price? So um, 20 percent. Because, you know, I got to pay rent. Um, <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Absolutely. 20% um, of the book sales will go towards um, essential halls. Um, keep your eyes out on the book. Um, still tweaking a couple things, but it will be out on Amazon. Ebook, paperback, hardcover. Well, you let us know when it's available, and we'll definitely push it for you. And the last little gem that I'll leave you with, from my perspective, is um, I work in fundraising, like I said earlier. And if you need any um, support when it comes to grants, when it comes to corporations, you have our email, and I would be more than happy to set up a Zoom call and and help you in any way I can. There's a lot of money out there right now for economic development. Thank you. Seriously. Okay. You gave me goosebumps. Thank you. <laughs> and just, just a piece of advice. I mean, uh, connecting with your community, you know, your community centers, especially the LGBT community centers, um, definitely look at their events, look at what fundraisers they're doing. That's how you want to, uh, those are places you definitely want to go to, uh, mm-hmm. meet the people in charge, get to know, get to and let them know who you are and what you're trying to do and what you're ultimately what your goal is that will also help you find funding and it'll help you people to back you up it'll help you make those connections that you need especially in your area 
So just All just right. that we we got quite a bit of background here on all that stuff. So yeah. no, but you know? thank you guys. But you guys are you know a joy to talk and hang with, and extremely resourceful. Um, I'm just so thankful for for this yeah. evening. Yeah, made well, my day. We all know Jay Bear needs to come down to Miami, but maybe we all will come down. <laughs> <to Miami. laughs> I will tell you this much: if our paths ever cross in person, they will. They will, and they will. I, I like Manifest. to believe. I like to believe that you know, if you throw that out into the into the uh, the world, yeah. into the universe, um, things happen. You will have one of the biggest hugs uh, from me and my co-hosts because it is not an easy thing to have survived what you have survived um, to start trying to pick up the pieces, right, and, change and the build something amazing out of it, and take your power. And yeah. build something incredible from it. It's pretty tough. Um, I I also want to touch you know on um, you'll be surprised at you know the the people who lose their lives you know in the queer community in the gay community um, to domestic violence. Right. Um, you know these are beautiful people. I mean, handsome men. You know, if if you, and I'm going to send you whoever's texted me. I'm going to text you some pictures of some of these people and they look just like regular people. Um, it's just so sad, you know, and, and also we're not, there's, we don't hear about them much either. Um, I know crime watch daily did a, did a, a, a story on um, the gay couple, right. but it's, it, it's, it's just sad, you know, um, I, I just want to show, you know, we're planning a walk soon. Um, I'm, waiting to get my uh, tax exempt thing from Office Depot. But I, I want to <laughs> raise these signs of, um, you know, these victims that have, sorry, I'm getting nervous talking about it, but of these these victims that have lost their lives to intimate partner violence, right. um, these queer victims, and just show like, hey, look, these are normal people. We're regular people. We go through the same thing and we need help too. We need resources too, right. you know? Um, in the media, we don't have much representation, at least I didn't growing up, of how a gay couple, a gay relationship is supposed to function. Um, typically, you see on TV, the, men have, the man has the dominance and the women are more submissive. Um, but that, that doesn't really exist, in, in, at least in a gay relationship. You're right. I mean, when you think about, for example, oh. November 25th is, is the International Day Against Violence Against Women, Right. Um, we don't have a day that could be celebrated um, or or recognized on an international, even national level, where we can bring awareness to domestic violence for same-sex partners or same-sex couples. And I think that that's something, you know, let's hashtag the shit out of it and start something <laughs> because you just never know. It's you're right. You know, one of the most beautiful things and um, you know, you, your publisher um, sent a media kit. And one of the things that was highlighted um, in, in some of the information that we received on your behalf was that, you know, a lot of the cases of domestic violence in the LGBTQ plus community go unreported. And there are more areas of our community that are affected more often than others. Um, I, you know, I know that the trans community is one of those communities that are affected highly um, uh, when it comes to, to violence with partners than most others in our community. But nonetheless, it's a big thing. It happens. 
Yeah. And yeah. we need to create a hashtag mm. and pick a day and celebrate that, you know, and, and, and commemorate the fact that this happens and we need to find a way to help people. I'm down. You have given, you guys have given me so much uh, knowledge, like enlightenment. I'm just so thankful. Seriously. I have a lot to think about and a lot to try and incorporate. Well, I hope um, I, I am rooting for you. I want you to be successful. I want this essentials house to be a thing. And if this Jewish woman in Texas wants to have, you know, uh, I, I forgot what you called it. I was going to say bar mitzvah house, but I know that's not uh, what it was. A mazel house. A mazel house. Um, then by all means, you know what? Um, when you're in our community, it's, it's not, you know, domestic violence doesn't just happen in one culture. Definitely. It's, it's something right. that just unfortunately happens everywhere. And, and I think we should have many different types of houses. Yes. Let's definitely. start a trend. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Tim, um, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your evening uh, to sit with us and tell us your story. Um, I can completely relate. And I know, where, I know where you are right now. And I know where you will be. So stay strong. Stay the course, do what you're doing, keep doing it, and don't let things that once held you down and pinned you down and thought made you feel like you had no place to go, no place to be, no place to, nothing to live for, ever change your trajectory because you're going to do great things. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you guys for helping, you know, to spread my message. Um, you know, like I said, this is something kind of taboo that's, you know, rarely spoken about um, and kind of kept secret. We always want to highlight the great things with the gays and, and the queer community. Um, so just thank you for, for even taking this conversation with me. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's honestly an honor because I think you're going to do great things. So let's stay in touch. When your book releases, please let us know. We'll, Will do. We'll put it on blast and do all that good stuff. Um, and definitely, um, I'll make sure that on tonight's post we have all the links to all of your social media pages, so that those that want to contribute and they can help, um, put Essentials House into you know into reality. That we can do that. And good luck on your meeting tomorrow. Yes, thank you so much. I'm I'm gonna I'm taking a lot from that you guys have given I'm applying it tomorrow. So there's your pep it's talk. With, <laughs> it's, with, um, <laughs> um, it's with the Miami Dade Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they can help me. Um, you know, I'm just a boy with a dream. Yeah, I don't know the logistics and statistics, mm-hmm. and I don't own a house. I still rent. So. Well, let me uh, tell you one thing about <laughs> if, if the chamber's good. Uh, I don't know that chamber very well, but um, I, when I started in fundraising, I leveraged a lot of um, my chamber contacts, um, and they literally said, "Who do you need to meet?" So know who you need to meet, and then okay. ask. So know who I need to meet. Yeah. Literally, right. it's like, oh, yeah, well, I need to meet somebody from this corporation because they have a fund right now right. and they're giving out, you know, $100,000 for the next three years. Right. So I definitely need to find a way to meet with somebody there. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have parades all over. 
Think about all those people that you see marching down that are branding a company. Reach out to those companies. Okay. You want to be in our parades? Here. This is something serious that we're dealing with in our community. How are you going to support? Throw your name. You threw your name behind the parade. Now throw your name behind something something substantial. Don't be afraid to reach out to some of these large corporations. They have money up the wazoo they want to give away. They have money up the wazoo they have to give away. They budget every year for fundraising. You're learning too much from me. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, really? They do that? They do. Absolutely. Yeah, and actually... We should probably wrap this up soon, but now is the time where they're planning their budgets for the next next fiscal year. Yeah. So now's the time to get in there and have the conversation. All right, and I'm I'm gonna get your I'm gonna text you. So you, <laughs> you text me. We'll, we'll 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 make it work. But uh, once again, uh, Tim, is that okay if I call you Tim? Of course, of course. Tim McLemore is our guest tonight. Um, amazing, compelling story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, we'll be more than happy to invite you back whenever you want. Definitely let us know when the book comes out. And um, we'll make sure to plug all of this on our social medias and uh, on our post tonight. Thank you. I'll be sure to reshare as well. It's a pretty, very powerful show today. Honestly. Yes. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So we'll uh, send the link over your way. I can text it to you if you want because I sent you a message. But um, thank you. Thank you once again. All right. Sounds good. I'll save your number. Thank you guys so much. Take care and enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, we'll You're talk welcome. to you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, ladies and gents. Well, that was, of course, our guest, Tim McLemore. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Um, yum. I, I, yum. Beautiful. He's cute. Beautiful. Um, I think beautiful he was young. like... He he's, was feeling he's it. He's feeling you. Um, no, but on a serious nah, talk. Um, cute. I, I literally like got flashbacks of shit that I've been through watching him describe and 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 go into that sense of, of despair and, and, you know, admitting that it is not over. Yep. Yep. That's, that's what's tough. Still you know, go through this. I, and I don't. I didn't kind of find the place or I didn't want to overstep and say anything, but I, I recall when, when, when your dad passed, mm-hmm. right. And, and we were having a conversation and I recall you distinctively saying, I no longer have to worry about his threats right. towards me. Right. You know, and that shit was deep. Yeah. And I hear him talking and how he's still having conversations with his ex-partner. And right. I'm like, wow, his ex-partner still has his thumb on him. Right. You know? And unfortunately, sometimes you have no choice but to deal with it because right. of the situation you're in. And it's not an easy thing to just say, well, I just don't want to talk to him and that's it. Right. Because there's still that, that for some reason, you still feel obligated. Right. But that's just how they manipulate you. Of you know course, I mean? and my father was very good at that. Yeah, yeah you know. It's... And I remember posting when my father passed away. What I wrote on my Facebook page was that the demons that tormented you in life can no longer do so in death. Yes, that was the only message I needed to just put out there. Um, I didn't want to badmouth him. I didn't want to go into you know all the things that he had done because I understood in that moment, like you said. I never have to worry about this person ever again for the rest of my life. Right. And I hope that wherever he is in whatever capacity our spirits exist in, that he finds peace, Absolutely. you know, um, because I know that when my mother was strong enough to put her foot down and say, this is it. 
and we decided to remove ourselves from that situation, we found a sense of peace in our lives. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Wow. That was good. That was heavy. That was good. That was... That was intense. I literally almost lost it there for a uh, second. You did. You did. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. But that's 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 why we count on you for that. Um, <laughs> okay. That's why we keep you around for the dr- dramatic effects. For the dramas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that's I, all I'm good for. No. I can't. No. I can't. I, I teared up. I teared up. I was like, oh, Chris, uh, I'm not looking over that way. I was like, nope. No, I got I got to try to hold it together. But <laughs> It's Sometimes gonna be tough for him to go. talk to three crying co-hosts. So. <laughs> right, um, but it's it's powerful. It and, is. You know, we've it had is. many instances. You weren't a part of this, but when we had um, Bobby Edwards, um, Linda Stay. Oh my God, we were a hot mess. Yeah, I remember you. Oh, yeah. You guys have talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, so. But um, you know, I I really I'm really rooting for this young man. I think he's going to do great things. All right, well, we need to move along. We need to wrap this up. So I'm going to toss it over to Trish. Uh, Trish, you're going to give us Mama Kim's minute. Do you need your love? Mm. Oh yeah, sure. All right, everybody, here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, Judge was removed from the bench after allegedly spewing hate remarks. Yes. Number two, the one and only, Pete Buttigieg sends heartwarming letter to gay teen activist in Florida. Oh. Number three, Lakota two-spirit person killed in South Dakota. Oh. A two-spirited person. We were just talking yeah, about this early. Oh, that's sad. All right, mister. On this day in gay history... On this day in gay history, when September 21st, 1998, in the good old US of A. That's where we is. NBC's TV series is the first in prime time to feature openly openly gay lead characters set in New York City to show the show follows Will, a gay lawyer, and Grace. Yes, Will and Grace, a straight interior decorator, and then Karen, Grace's bisexual assistant. Hello. And Jack, Will's other best friend, who is also gay and, and extremely a... gay. <laughs> Karen um, was my favorite. Karen was my favorite. I'm like, oh, vodka. I brought yeah. a juice box. I brought a juice box. <laughs> no, with the Halloween episode, you remember she, she was sitting outside amazing. and the, yeah. the kid comes out of the elevator with the pumpkin. She's got a bottle of like, <laughs> Yes. And she just, she just pours it in. <laughs> <laughs> classic classic i really did love yeah. will and grace i love the original show the remake or the the comeback not so much but anyway all right ladies and gents uh if you love the show make sure that you go subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcasting service by doing so you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser as soon as our episodes are published and um you know you can Listen to us. Why would you? I don't know, but you can. You can also, if you're feeling generous, support us on Patreon, which allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation, which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. What an incredible <laughs> episode. So I'm going to toss it over to Jay Bear. And next week, it, it's all about the dish. Right. So, lots of stories. Trish will be with us, hopefully, for the dish. I think so. Yeah, she thinks so. <laughs> she may or may not make it. 
You never know. <laughs> you, you never, never know. know these days. Bye, Mr. Nick. All right. So thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest, Timothy McLemore. Um, he, as you now know, is an LGBTQ plus relationship champion and author of Love is Not an Abuse, is not abuse, and founder of Essential House a non-for-profit providing a safe space for individuals in the LGBTQ plus community who have been affected by domestic violence and homelessness. We will have all the links on our website and post tonight if you feel like you want to contribute or support or just find out more information. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. All right. And uh, now back to Nick. Uh, She's so excited with our weekly reminder for all of you bottoms out there who want to keep your buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about future method. And now I'm going to toss it over to Trish. You want love, don't you? There you go. All right, everybody. Don't forget, you can get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. The first of its kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. Yes, queen. All right. And don't forget, they also have the powdered form for travelers. I mean, you were supposed to pack it. This next week, but that's not happening. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Fiona fucked up my pr- my plans. No. <laughs> Fucking Fiona, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> All right, and I guess it's time to put a ring on it. Oh, see you, ladies. I'm sticking out my middle finger. That's not the one. It's the, no. the ring finger. Okay, gotcha. And as always, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Yes, Queen. All right. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0, Twitter at Gay Talk 20. You can email us at Gay Talk 2.0 at GayTalk20.com. Tom, give it a try. All right. And if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the Contact Us tab there. You can leave comments. Uh suggest topics submit a question for the cast or an individual host you can also call us and leave us a voice message with any questions you may have we can answer those for you on the show the phone number is 334 gay talk and if you need all those digits it is 334-429-8255 don't forget that we do stream live every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern standard time and you can do you can access that live stream by visiting digital stream radio com, Ladies and gents, that is our show. Thank you. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.